0: This is a post-Christian podcast.
1: We are the Sacred Collective. All are respected, all are heard, and all are welcomed. Join us.
2: Had like a sexual relationship with a with a dolphin, and like oh, actually like hot. mated with it. And he's like, they're like, was it rape? And they're like, he's like, no, we had a really good consensual relationship. We're like, how can you? How do you have a consensual relationship
3: with a car?
4: With a dolphin dolphin, just- honk have- twice I for yes. Baby. I know that's
3: what I'm saying. It's honk just like twice rev rev for me if you like this. <laughs> like it? My spank your tailbite. Oh my god. You better be recording right now. I am. Yes! Are you? I love it. That's so great. Spank spank my tailpipe.
2: Spank my tailpipe. Here comes the gravy pipe. Oh, my. Oh, I love it. What are we talking about tonight, Brian?
3: Yeah, well, first of all, welcome to the Sacred Collective. Let's do roll call. I'm Brian.
1: I'm Angela. I'm Kayleen. Amanda.
3: Yosha. I'm Brian. Yoshi. I'm Caleb.
1: Yoshi. We don't
3: even sound the same, Caleb. Get I'm here. Brian, and I poop my pants twice. Okay. Just As joking. an adult, and I was sick. Amanda am gonna that later. I think I've done it twice, and I
2: wasn't I wasn't sick either time.
3: Well, first the first I time total segue, and this is free content. First time I had horrendous food poisoning, terrible food poisoning. And the second time was actually the lovesick. day... Lovesick. Apparently, I was lovesick. No, it was the day a man and I started dating. <laughs> I had shit my pants earlier in the day. <laughs> however,
4: however, the, way,
3: the next day, it, was it, the it wasn't because of... I was excited that I shit my pants. But was there a correlation?
4: No. Was it the day at the seminary
3: that that happened? Yes. Oh. Uh, that probably lives in infamy. Uh, because oh, I, I had a colonoscopy sorry. like two days later, and so the next day I had to... Start prepping, and my dad and all the and other men in my really family. I was it. really nervous. He was really and scared about it. So that's true. Plus, nervous
1: about having the
3: top. So nervous that I was going to have like some pipe with a camera up my butt. Yeah. And then I had to shit, you know, for the next whole day. Because let me tell you, if you've never had a colonoscopy,
2: you poop for twenty-four hours. You just really nonstop? Yeah. Get okay. out of here. Don't think they here no, uh, they do. You have to take the it's like a mirror lax. No, no, it's like stuff. they don't do the invasive one, they don't have
3: to. Yeah, no, they do. They go up there. Well they can but they don't have to anymore. They no. can do a blood test.
2: But so that <laughs> happened. So you're
1: part of a stool sample too. You don't have too. to turn
2: in coffee anymore either. Or get a finger... It's my favorite part. You don't have to prostate exam. Well That's why why I mean. go in?
3: Why go in for these exams if you can't get the full the full, full treatment. <laughs> no hey doc i'll take the
2: full <laughs> the blood,
4: treatment the blood test is not, it's quick, but it's i don't know is it not always accurate i feel like i feel like it was percentage wise i don't know but don't if
1: you get an actual colonoscopy and you're not too out of it if you watch the screen it's like watching the magic school bus in real life. I got to see. Cause you're like, I got to in my see, no, that's my body. That's cool. like on the I actually
3: got to see inside my colon oh, while they put the camera up there. It's actually, quite and my doctor, I couldn't because they numb you from like your waist down, and so I could not feel what they were doing. So mm-hmm. I, you know, it, could, it was super invasive, but I was like, I can't feel what you're doing. And the guy yeah, look. looked at me. The doctor was like, "So there's a doctor, nurse, numb his butt." No, there's a doctor. Named, he was like the seven year old, like this butt grandpa. needs a numbing. Place. Uh, and then the nurse, then the nurse, her hand was like right on my tush, like right on the side. Tush. And the doctor, like, the doctor was like, "The doctor was like, Brian, you have a really clean colon." <laughs>
5: He needs a numb high I'm, I'm proud,
3: <laughs> I'm, proud <of> <laughs> I'm proud of you and I was like, well, do you have a lot of people? He's <laughs> Thank like Thank you,
1: I just grabbed my pants two days
3: ago. And he was like, So many people come in here and he's like, There's fecal matter all over the place. He's like, Because the like, they don't
1: properly do the prep.
3: And he was like, Yours uh. is so clear and then he's like and then he goes up, he's like, Oh, do you see this? I'm like, Yeah, this is like microscopic He's, thing. he's, like, he's like This is your polyp because I had poop in my or poop. I had blood in my <laughs> stool. <laughs>
6: And so, and, and problem, that in I had stool. poop in my stool.
5: <laughs> That's
0: <laughs> normal. Nurse, can we extract the poop from this stool for a sample?
3: Sorry. <laughs> it okay, So I had blood in my stool, and so then he saw that there was a pop. And he's like, I'm just going to zap this. It's going to feel a little warm. I'm like, okay. It was like, and I was like, Dude. did he buy you dinner first? No. No, he did oh, not. He's I, had had to I had to I pay him. The I had to pay him. No, uh, and, so, and then I was just like, ooh, this is a little warm. And I was like, did you take it out? He's like, no, you'll poop it out. Dude, Jeez. you got the worst
2: <laughs> prostitute ever. <laughs> she should have paid they me.
3: Anyway, that was free content. Welcome to the Sacred Collective. I'm glad we're back. Glad <laughs> we're back with it? a good segue. Oh. oh, I think what we're going to tackle today... <laughs> oh, Josh have
2: a way to start it. I had
3: poop in my stool. I had poop
2: in my stool. Why is there corn in here? Do we ever release the Homo? Oh, oh, oh. phone? Have you been...
0: Yeah.
3: Oh, no, we I could. didn't. We no. Could. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that could be a Patreon. Well, I first of all want to say, before we start, before we start, we got our first patron. They don't want to be necessarily a, a patron, but they're going to give us financially every month, and they hit the mark of $25 a month. So... We will have
1: merch rolling out. We're very having merch soon. rolling out.
3: Amanda is gonna be our maker of merch. Yeah. So send us seriously. Send us in stuff on Instagram. Um, that's pretty much the only way we can communicate because I hate Facebook and Same. Twitter is a cesspool of cess and a tools. cess a cesspool of shit. Um, so Instagram is pretty much what. Use we're the on. word zest. I might, I might get a Twitter a this week. I have a Twitter. If you want but to hit me
5: up on Twitter, hit me up.
3: Well, you do we'll have what's your ta- what's your handle?
5: I don't know yet.
3: <laughs> so no one can hit you up yet, Angel. What the hell, Angela?
5: I have such a sweet. I was friend. thinking I about writer. getting getting a Twitter this week. I'll follow you. Okay.
0: I'll follow. I guess I don't know. I have a Twitter. But. Yeah. Hey, um, I have a Twitter
3: machine. <laughs> okay. You have
5: a Twitter? You're my husband? I don't even know you have a Twitter? That's
3: I have a label Twitter machine. machine.
5: Well, no yeah. way! Mine will probably be my Instagram handle, which Frankie. is Frank, Frankie Beckon. Nice. So, if I get a Twitter, I'll let you know next time we record. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm still in the Just festival. Just a <laughs>
3: <laughs> She's planning. I'm planning. Angela's planning. Yeah. Plan of attack. Yes. Uh, we're going to try to tackle... Yo, I'm gassy. Okay gassy. gassy. Sorry, Caleb's gonna spontaneously combust <laughs> right so next gassy. to us. <laughs> <laughs> What did you eat? Just this. Anyway, um be <laughs> sure Obviously, people have known through COVID nineteen. Mama,
6: mommy. Through
3: COVID. Okay. <sighs> you got. You just gotta love our real rawness oh. with mm-hmm. young children. Through COVID nineteen, that the church landscape across the board. I don't care if people. Are religious or not, but you can obviously tell if people aren't going to bars, if people aren't going to restaurants. Obviously, they're not going to church in most capacities.
0: Well, some people are.
3: Some people are, and they're dumb for doing it. And these big, and they're
0: dying,
3: and they're yeah, and they're dying and infecting others. But I, one of my good friends, um, Scotty, who has been on the podcast several times, me and him we were talking the last week about how the church landscape. In America, is cha- I mean, it's changing across the world, but in our context here, being in America, um, our church landscape is changing. Um, and I would, I, I mean, I would say it's changing in mainline Protestantism because that's where I'm at now in my faith journey. But I think it's changing even more in the evangelical world. Um, and a couple of us here have, have just kind of dug deep into certain podcasts. Um, at so there, it, there's so many podcasts. I'll just say that uh, out there in in the podcasting world, that are people who are former evangelicals. Some still hold to some sort of Christianity, but a lot of them have all walked away from their like rigid evangelicalism. Um, and I guess just kind of throwing it. out, I don't know if I I don't have like a huge set of questions, but more of just like a discussion of why do you think so many evangelicals including a lot of us here. Why do you think we've kind of in essence called bullshit on a lot of a lot of that, like because what that's kind of what we've experienced or that we've seen.
0: Mm.
2: Didn't work. Dig deeper. Um I don't know, it hurt. I think there's a basic breakdown of how church when did youth pastors start? That's a good question. Out of high school, but I mean, I mean, like, when did, um, when, the, did oh. when did that become a thing? When oh. That become a thing. Youth pastors mm. became a thing because it used to be, you know, priests did everything, deacons, brothers, right. and pastors and stuff. People who were like mm. had degrees and you know had to do catechism and you know had to actually sure. do religious teaching. When did the youth pastor become a thing? I At don't know. Good question. Sixties or seventies? Yeah, I, I, think, mean, you're
3: you're well, dude, I think you're accurate on that. Well, they was the religious people right. or something. I think
2: you're right. Could what have been the, the Jesus
3: people. That the movement. Jesus
2: movement. Yeah. I, and I don't know. I'm talking out of my ass on that part. But I think what I see from Evangelical Church failing is we all believed our youth pastors so much and mm. believed in them so much. And then now that we're older than them by like 10 years, we're like, wait, they were 22 years old. Exactly. And they were teaching us deep spiritual things oh. that we were supposed to know. And mm-hmm. they had no education. And they were just... A yeah. And we, we believe you because. Pizza,
1: pizza. pizza. <laughs>
0: Have pizza. Some Mountain Dew. I love Mountain Dew and pizza. Don't you? And,
5: and Jesus. Let us pray. Oh, Lord. Let us pray. <laughs> all
2: right,
5: Lord.
2: so Amanda just looked it up and it says mid 19th century. So we work far off. Oh, yeah. So that's when youth youth ministry started as like. A six professional. Six years. Yeah, it
1: says but, churches took note of all the young men who moved into central urban areas well, yeah, to work in note. factories.
2: Yeah, they took note. So. Amanda's mm-hmm. are a sacred collective but, historians. Yes, like you, but, so thank so, okay. well that makes sense to me why the church is collapsing 50 years after that would happen or 60 okay, or sure. seven years after that yeah. would happen because you're the youth pastor was much closer to me than the head pastor of yeah. any yeah. church I was at as a kid yep. and then you realize that they didn't know what the fuck they were talking about and half the time they were just trying to connect you with some emotional message that had mm-hmm. no substance to mm-hmm. it so then no shit when you look a little deeper you're like man, that didn't have any depth to it, and it didn't have anything that held anything uh, for for my spiritual life or spiritual walk. But the... My walk. The people in charge were like, he's fine. He can talk to the kids. They're stupid. And... I he's, think genuine, church, he's
1: He's He can relate to them. Well, because yeah, look, I yeah. grew up
2: Catholic, but I did not have a youth pastor at all until I moved away from the Catholic Church. The priest was in charge of our spiritual education. Not saying that's better or worse, but someone who had been educated and, mm-hmm. and knew how to do it, and who was you know they older, had more life experience, se- yeah, seasoned too. and wise, and they weren't mm-hmm. trying to be cool. Like my priest, he doesn't wear a toupee. He was bald as hell, you know, and he wasn't <laughs> trying to like. Well, not cool to he didn't 2K. have
1: the goatee.
2: <laughs> yeah, he was rocking the Razal goatee. <laughs> But, but like he wasn't trying to be, be cool. He wasn't wearing Ed Hardy.
5: <laughs> for yeah. no, he he had
2: his liturgical robes. You know, like priests. Yeah. priests don't try to be cool. Now, now regular priests, just the black with the white collar, does kind of look cool. That is, I bad. actually, That's cool, actually cool, I kind of appreciate that, that
5: more instead of like someone rolling in in their in their City's Ed Hardy or whatever and being like, "You oh, sure. guys, I am so cool." I am here to talk to you yeah. about, you know. Got my toes like, on, my, on the floor and my hand to the low. I, I would almost be like, I feel like I would have more or like, reverence yeah, yeah, yeah. if someone came in wearing like robes or mm-hmm. yeah, something but t-
2: like that. T- t- I mean, do you think that actually has a correlation with why people are actually calling bullshit? Of what? Because well, why, why would you let, so when we're most, um, not vulnerable, most impressionable, the people that are teaching us are the dipshits and the pastors and the people well, who were like who went you were trained for this were like yeah that guy's fine cuz i don't want to deal with kids
3: you know why i think that is is because the pastors who are the leaders of the church the like associate or the lead minister has no idea even how to connect with those people cuz he's probably 25 30 years older than them so he's like so for instance i'm not going to say any names when i my brother was graduating the youth group when I was going into 8th grade. So I was in the 7th grade. We shared the same youth pastor. Then that youth pastor left to go to another... to become a pastor somewhere else. And so then they hired this other youth pastor and his wife. And I was, what, in 8th grade? I was probably like 14, 15. So this pastor, the youth pastor was 22. And so at the time, I'm like, he's so old. Well, I'm like, now if you look at it, like I'm almost 37. I'm like, the guy could barely drink. The guy probably just got, I think, well, I think when he actually became the youth pastor, he was like a junior or senior. college. He was a junior or senior in college. And, and, I mean, I actually, and I've said this before on the podcast, I got kicked out of the youth group for literally calling bullshit on my youth pastor and his wife. Because they kept saying to, like, they kept telling us as, like, kids in the youth group, oh, bring your non-Christian friends and... Whatever, and of course, if anybody grew up in the evangelical world, they would always have like guys' weekend or like a women's weekend where Retreat. they would talk about sex and you know all this other stuff. And
6: None one what
3: not for you, I know you were the you were <laughs> the, the outlier. you're the out yeah outlier. But, but I remember so like the, sexual so, sexual I know. But about. the the yeah. the youth pastor's wife, the, she took all the girls and like another youth Ooh. leader to her house, and they talked about sex or whatever and then this youth pastor and his brother-in-law who was in the church and a couple other youth leaders were you know we stayed at the church and like what we were all joking about pizza mountain dew video games
4: all <laughs> yeah. the
3: whole the whole yeah. The whole, the whole you guys thing. want to chug some dew and some yeah. slices? Exactly. The whole tip
5: into the dew. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! I got some code red in the truck. <laughs> hey, code
6: this was red?
3: this was Cowabunga. Cowabunga. This was pre-code yes, red, so stop it. Got some Baja Blast. Anyway, let me finish one dance story. <laughs>
6: Sorry.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and anyway, this I remember this kid next to me. What was like the first time he was ever in our church? A friend in the youth group invited him. And I remember this kid saying, is it normal? And this kid probably, at that time, I think I was in 10th or 11th grade. And this kid was like in 8th grade. And he even said, he's like, I really get like horny when I think of women. And I masturbate, is that wrong? And he was very vulnerable and like Mm -hmm. being open. And I remember this vividly. And I remember our youth pastor being like, well, yeah, like. Only sinners masturbate and just all this stuff. Oh. And I just, like, my heart was racing so fast, and I was like, that is so wrong. That's so... Like, that's I wrong. was it's like, that is the, you, you biologically, like, that's normal to do that, to understand your body, to, you know, to, you know, explore your sexuality. And, like, just something inside of me, I actually think now, if you think about it, it was the Holy Spirit being like, oh, no, that's bullshit. <laughs> you need to say something. And at that time, I was so mad at the youth pastor. Did you hear it like tug at your
0: heartstrings.
3: Yes, yes. If you want to use that language, I, I felt that tug on my heartstrings. Did the Holy Spirit? Did the Spirit? It whispered in my ear It whispered a sweet, sweet song in my ear. Is that what you want me to yeah. say? Okay. <laughs> and and so I remember like raising, pretty much raising my hand and being like, "Yeah, that's not true." And I looked at the guy. and said, "This is your first time at this church." I said, I apologize on behalf of myself. And I said, you are a normal teenage guy. And I said, and you're trying to understand who you are. And I said, if you masturbate, then you masturbate away. And I was like, you are not sinning. You are understanding who you are as a person. And I said, and actually masturbation is a lot safer than having sex with some rando person that you don't know. Because you can't get... I said, you can't get your... And I remember saying this specifically. I said, you can't get your hand pregnant, but you can get a woman pregnant. And he was like, what? He's like, yeah. And I remember my youth pastor, I mean, he just gave me these, like, laser eyes. And he was like, I need to talk the to you. pastor tells, tells And, know, and he pretty dead. much came up to me. He pretty much came up to me that day, and he's like, you're not welcome back here anymore. I'm like, why? Cause I, and I remember saying, I'm like, because I called your bullshit. And he's like, you can't use language like that. I'm like, you can't... I'm like, you can't tell people... At like the most vulnerable part of
2: their life, what they're feeling is wrong. Well, this and this what? never happened to me. Uh, did this happen to you, Angie? So they would take evangelical churches. This didn't happen to me, but I've heard stories about this. They would take boys and girls and separate them, yep. and then give them the sex talk. Mm-hmm. And yes. so the boys, they would say, you know, um, don't masturbate. Everything is a sin. Nothing. Abstinence. Sex is gross. Save it for your wife. And it's like, wait, if sex is gross, why have I to save it for my partner? That sounds weird. But like, be ashamed of your body. It's awful. And just save it for your spouse. And then the That's... women, they did the same thing, but then they added, and you're causing men to lust. Yo. So be sure that you control their... They can't control themselves, but you can control yourself. So dress modestly, ladies.
5: Yeah. When you said... Um,
2: I didn't mean that for when real. talking like, about, When really, talking about...
5: <laughs> Men talking about sex is gross and stuff like that women were always at least in my experience we were always had the burden of trying Um, to control our sexuality and men's sexuality because it was the way we dressed the way we walked (laughs) the way we like if I wore a v-neck t-shirt I wore a t-shirt under it because I was, so, I was so I was so afraid of Ca- cleavage me to stumble. Mm-hmm. that yeah, I would cause me. my brothers to stumble, and like honestly, I had more Much. guy friends than yeah. girlfriends, so I was like extra hyper aware that I didn't want to like make my brothers stumble. Yeah. So I remember wearing, like, multiple layers mm-hmm. of clothing to try to hide kind of my breasts. And I'm bending
1: over, picking
5: something and up, and, and be like, can you see anything? Yes, like, super baggy pants, mm-hmm. and, like, I just was hyper aware of, like, what my breasts were doing, and what my butt was doing, and, you know, stuff like that. Putting I think your knees? Exactly. And I think it's funny that kids, kids, yeah, like, 12, 13, 14 years old, are discovering masturbation sexuality when youth pastors talk about you know if you look at a girl wrong you're committing adultery like you're going to put that on a 12 year old right it's adultery like first of all one the 12 year olds not married second of all it's called adultery that's not an adult Mm -hmm. yeah so you're putting these expectations on a child when well, how the Bible was mm-hmm. was mm, quotation. And making girls feel about, shameful
1: about their bodies and promoting predatory totally. behavior for boys. Totally.
4: Yeah, totally.
5: A, totally talking it's about men, you know, if they were married like lusting after someone and yeah. then going home and thinking about and saying,
1: don't, talking that woman, Don't have them. the yeah. don't have these thoughts and these behaviors at all. Just you know pray them away Even if it's something that it
5: Right, in right
1: the, Even if it's something so that's natural But the moment you get married And and say I do And then it's your wedding night Then poof Magically it's okay Which I think is, is Which I, I think is two. so right. funny yeah. Like I remember listening the to pretty.
5: The pretty The dude's too. In my community house, like, we were obsessed with Mark Driscoll. Oh. So we, they would always listen to Mark Driscoll, and he talked about. I remember specifically a sermon he was talking about if you want to, like, get handsy with your girlfriend and make out with her and touch her boobs, like, imagine Jesus is there. Like, you wouldn't want to touch your boobs with Jesus looking at you, whatever. (laughs) And because he made the argument that Jesus is (laughs) everywhere... Yes. But then oh, nice. when you get married and start having sex, does Jesus disappear?
1: <laughs> right.
5: Oh, right. well, I'm out of here. I'm out of well, here. We, oh, you're married.
1: Yeah. Bye-bye. And you're like... <laughs> and you can, what? In the closet. That doesn't even make yeah. any sense.
3: He's holding a notebook being like... Mm. So how are two people who
5: are so paranoid about, well, Jesus is watching me do everything, now that you're married and you're going to, you know... Have sex as a married couple and be comfortable and be open and vulnerable with each other. If you were taught this whole time that Jesus is watching over you when you're trying to make Here's out or Jesus. touch, touch yeah. your girlfriend's right. boobs, like, so when you're married, he's just like, well, you're married now. See you later. Like, I, I, got got going. <laughs> I got another couple of them stuck. <laughs> like, Bye. <laughs> what? <laughs> so then he shows his face That's and he's easy. like, is well, he you're calm? married. Yeah. Yeah. Have a good time! See you later! Kids. Yeah. See you later. later. <laughs> Bye, Daddy, go! Jesus
2: just like, as long as, what? as long as it's fifth base, it's okay because
3: it's the sex that you you kind know, of sense. <laughs> at the end of Family Guy, when it has a guy is like, alright, have a good time, you know, at the Fuzzy oh. Door Entertainment.
1: Yeah, at oh. the ending, uh, kind of.
5: He's like, that. Hey, that argument good time. holds absolutely no water because oh, yeah. if you're saying Jesus is everywhere,
3: so that's when you a weird, get married, that's a weird Jesus thing to is say. nowhere. <laughs> so Jesus as watching. our non-evangelical person what? here, Kayleen, what do
2: you think about How all of our wait, I, I figured you have a couple questions. What's fifth base? I don't even... Oh,
4: God. <laughs> like, I don't, yeah, what is that? And, and what's so? a youth pastor? I had a youth pastor, but he was an adult. Yeah. he fine? He wasn't a man-child? <laughs> no, he wasn't a man-child. He was an actual adult. <laughs> and second of all... Um, I have friends that have had a hard time having sex with their spouses because
5: of all of that shit yeah. that's mm-hmm. in their head. That like... How can you suddenly be awesome at sex if yeah. the entire time you're like, sex is dirty, sex but, is awful. And you've been made but to feel shit. Don't, don't do, do this. Yeah. Yeah. I never one got day that message. of your marriage yeah. and then you're This is the be, greatest thing ever! You're supposed to be like a porn star for your husband. <laughs> like, I, I don't understand. Yes. We, I never got that message
4: growing up. In the, or at least in the church. Well,
3: be party. glad you didn't. I never got that message up. ever. We, we, never
4: I mean, got, we, never, we never talked about sex. We got oh, the absentee only. Just, we just... We never... So no
2: no contraceptives, you know? I
4: don't think they ever, that we ever talked about it because I think that they felt that it was up to the parents to really kind of have those conversations
1: with their kids. Yeah. And so... Well and I feel like there is a lot of marriages too, especially knowing, you know, just speaking from the evangelical church, you know, from my experience, that either like you said that they had a hard time having sex with their spouse because of that or, or they, they didn't got or, have a
0: hard or they time. got
1: they got married to someone because it's like, well, if you want to have sex with them, you know, you better just get married so then uh-huh. that way it's uh-huh. not a sin. And they get married, just have sex with each other, and then realize, <laughs> oh, a real there's thing. a lot more to yeah. marriage than this. And But there's it, more to marriage than
3: sex? I mean, what? <laughs> I, know, I mean, they produce beautiful
2: offspring like her child,
4: but yes, there's
3: more to I know
2: somebody that um, is straight for Jesus. Oh, no. You, I remember you telling me that. What?
4: Please tell What the?
2: Straight for Jesus. So um, they see themselves as, 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 they identify as gay, but they're straight for Jesus. Oh, and um, oh. their first wedding night was very hard for them yes. to perform. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, duh,
5: because they are gay.
2: Yep, and they know
5: they're that's, gay.
2: That's straight for Jesus. Oh boy! Ter- I mean, that's a terrible that's thing. A, that's a thing. That's, that's a real. That's really that a real like. I'm so turning hard. my stomach because I it's, it. so it's very. Upset. Upset. It's so sad. It's kind of a gross like that
5: too. Luckily, he divorced his wife and now is in a healthy. Homosexual relationship But I knew That's a guy cool. At my old church Who Was like I need to Squelch my Homosexuality So I'm going to marry a woman And it's like And the woman Saw her as Yeah 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 And the woman oh, We've saw, talked about this before Yeah the woman Saw herself as like I'm
0: Doing missionary. a service Yeah
5: Doing God's work yeah, Oh yeah. my
0: gosh And, yeah. and more than
3: oh. one Of yeah. uh, Brian. Oh Brian Brian Sorry, I'll be here all night. That's the, night. the zinger
0: of the evening. Oh,
3: well, that's a hashtag. And that noise means...
4: Hey, okay. Hashtag
3: missionary. More than one way. Um,
4: oh, that's, that's, <laughs> not, that's not...
2: Sorry. But <laughs> <laughs> what were you
5: saying, I got to draw <laughs> the
2: what? line there. Where were you going? My game. Just remind me where I was going.
5: Yeah, with your, your acquaintance your friend, who's... straight for Jesus. no, I, mm-hmm.
2: I just think that's... Um, another way that people are spiritually traumatized right? mm. you know, yeah. by telling you that you're not right the way you are and that the only yeah. way you're going to be right is if you're like everybody else. Which that is, you're disgusting, Which is absurd. How you are. Well, th- the offensive thing about the gospel is how inclusive it is, not mm-hmm. how exclusive it is. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so when you've got all these assholes who've been like, no, this is exactly who Jesus is, and they're very comfortable with their definitions. Um, who was that pastor who just said... That women women should teach in front of men again, and he was he, he knew his Shit. audience because he was all in front of he was all in front of all white men, white men. He was like, oh, I think I think she should go home. And they were all like, Oh, yeah, oh Robert, sure, oh, sure. probably oh, um, oh, John oh, MacArthur. Where's you know, my dumb, sandwich? <laughs> Piper. Piper. Yeah, it, it wasn't Piper, but he was in the same conversation. But like, I was Colored listening. I was surprised. listening to some folks <laughs> talk about reformed theology and how comforting it used to be to just always be right and know who God was. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. how that was really comforting I for guess them. So. Yeah, to know exactly who God yeah, was, that you know, was. It's clearly comforting. defined about what it was. But I
1: feel like it's almost in a way like when you're a kid, if you if you look back at it and be like, Oh, when I was a kid like everything was great, like looking in hindsight now you see how much your parents did and how much stuff was going on or what they did to protect you where it's almost like, Oh, I know everything there is to know about life and my family and all this stuff because everything is great not a care in the world because you know i'm secure and in, in who i am or i'm secure in you know like like my home is like a safe place or something and then you become an adult and realize like oh that's not the only way it mm-hmm. is everyone didn't mm-hmm. grow up the same way in the same home and and it's just kind of like oh what do i what do i do with this new information for sure
2: you, you, hit, you actually reminded me of something you hit it something really important. Is people in this country think that there was some point back in the past where things were great, mm-hmm. great for everybody? Like the whole, the good old days. Yeah, make America is, yeah. great again. Well, great for who?
1: Right exactly. Like, yeah.
2: And was it great? But s- people believe this lie that somewhere back in the past there was some. If you unveiled and did something better, if you went back far enough to get to a pure idea, right after World
4: War Two. it would be yeah. better. That's, yeah. what, that's where most people yeah. go, mm-hmm.
2: like right after well, World War II. Well, baby boomers, because baby that's boomers. when they experienced mm-hmm. the. Well, it's pretty easy to be the world's best economy when you just destroyed the world's next four economies. And I
1: feel like every generation <laughs> has sure. their good old days.
2: Maybe. I don't know if our generation will. What's our good old days? 9-11? The 90s.
4: Before 9-11. Before 9-11. That's a hot Jesus take
3: I you know,
4: it's
2: a hot take there. Um,
5: Oof. I would have to say before 9-11. 90s? The 90s. Oh, Rodney, Rodney King was great. No, Rodney the, King. Wrote,
2: oh. The 92 riots all over the country? You know, like, we forget about those.
5: I think it's funny, well, I, Sorry,
2: sorry, I meant that. The Rodney King rebellion, not the Rodney King riot. Sorry. Well, I want to say I what, what Josh rebellion. said just on that, and then get
3: back to, like understanding like the whole evangelical whatever but if you honestly look historically through american history i don't think we've had a, a single decade where we're like ah, that, this is a pretty good decade like that we're you know there's not a lot of shit that went on i mean you look from the inception of like from 1776 you know all the way up and then you saw like the civil war and then you saw all the racism that's so still currently there you see you know, like, Jim Crow laws, you see women's suffrage, like, like, women can't vote because they're not really human beings. They're, like, secondary citizens. Black people are, like, what was it, like, one-tenth of a person or something like that? Three then, fifths. Yeah, three-fifths act. of a person. Then you saw, um, you know, our economy tank because of, of the Great Depression, and then we go into World War II, World War II happens, and then pretty much after World War II, we have five years, and then there's the Korean War, and then in the 60s is when we're starting getting into drugs, and then, oh wait, then there's Vietnam, and that was a pointless war, and yeah. then you get in the 70s, and then 70s and 80s, everyone was freaking high all the time in free sex. That would have been, I'm not going to lie, those 20 years would have been pretty dang rad to live in, because everyone was doing whatever they wanted. And then you still had the, you know, crazy amounts of racism that is, you, like you were saying, like Rodney King, and, you know, well, in the 60s, I mean, extreme amount of racism. Yeah. So, yes, going with Josh, there's really not been a time, in at least in American history, where we're like,
4: yeah, that's really great. Well, awesome. I mean, There's
1: times where it's been good it.
4: one group of people, right. but not others. Exactly. And I
1: think it depends on where your difference. age. Where too. Are to get back to. Like we were talking about, mm-hmm. our generation might it's have been the 90s, convert. which is like when know we were what. kids, whether we were like grade school or whether we were teenagers, you know, we were kids. And if you look like our parents, <sighs> the 90s affected them differently than it affected us. Just like the baby boomers, when they were you know, like 20 years old, it affected them a lot different than someone who was even 30, so...
0: My good old days is just like... Yesterday. I don't know, playing NES. <laughs>
1: 64.
0: Playing NES, yeah. Well, that's a, that's
2: Avoiding an, that's an individual in my business. But I think people are... Like, they had this... It's not a psychological disorder, but they have this stupid belief that is totally unsubstantiated that somewhere in the past things were way better. Right. Mm-hmm. When that's not true. Mm-hmm. Like, everything, ever since the universe exploded into existence 13 point whatever billion years ago, everything's only going in one direction. Mm-hmm. You know, it's never gone back. So we're not gonna go back. Like that's a that's a fallacy.
4: That's going to make us go back. No,
2: and the only way to go back is to is to pull a fascism (laughs) and like do a Hitler Nazi Germany. Like (laughs) forcibly step back. Yeah. Dinosaurs are real.
1: (laughs) They were Jesus. And then again, it's the it's the good old days (laughs) for one group of people (laughs) and not you know another group. And I think a lot of times people, like you said, are just so desperate to (laughs) to cling to a time that was better that they romanticized like a time when it was better like everyone can look back you know in hindsight people could look at a relationship and romanticize about all this good stuff oh, yeah. but then when you stop and think about and talk to your friends you're like okay it was 20% good and 80% rose, not rose so good rose colored
2: glasses exactly yeah yes
1: Yes. Yeah, I, I think
2: I've, people really think about that with theology too um, like the mm-hmm. Reformation was a good old age really was the 30 years war a good old age because half of Europe died For real. Mm -hmm. Like, we don't. don't, Like, I remember hearing that statistic not too long ago and being like, can you imagine if half of everyone in the entire continent was just gone? 15% of the population? Mm
6: -hmm. You
2: know, Catholics and Protestants, like, murdering each other. That's that's incredible. That wasn't that long ago. But can you imagine having a war for 30 years? Jeez. Like, that's. Afghanistan
3: is getting there. So, I mean. What'd you say? Afghanistan is getting there. Yeah. Well, we've probably been there (laughs) like 15, 10 years. How long has America been at war? With Afghanistan? Well,
2: we just stopped. Uh,
3: Pretty much since... I, don't know, I did my dick Finger
2: quote.
3: Pretty much since Bush has been in office, so probably at least 12 years. It's the longest American war. Is it? Mm-hmm. Well, it's for all. But the thing, but the thing it's is... for all. We're not... We're not okay. in... This is the thing, though, with that war in Afghanistan. We're not at war with a people. We're at war with an ideology. And that's what's difficult, because how do you get in a war with an ideology and not in a war with... Like, yeah. So, like, Nazism, yes, was an ideology, but there was thousands, if not millions, of Nazis who bought into that with with the, uh, whatever you want to call it, ISIS or whatever, it's so much more difficult, and whatever, that's...
0: Well, I mean, could you call the war on drugs a war? No. That was just politicians... We were talking about wars with ide- ideas, or... Yeah. Ideologies.
4: Oh I read a really interesting article on so Huffington Post base. about a woman whose mom sold cannabis, like grew cannabis during that whole like dare to keep kids yeah. off kids off drugs time frame. And then she would make edibles for people who were AIDS patients before all of the um before all of the AZT AZT drugs came in and stuff. Mm. It's a very interesting article. Yeah. I don't know. Huh. Before the legalization, now she had to carry that secret. Yeah, for a long time. They used to like slow helicopter, fly helicopters over to try to like find people and they're growing. I don't know. Keep going. Responding to Josh. I don't. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what you just said to me.
0: Josh is doing sign
4: language now. I know.
0: Or what time it is?
4: It's okay.
3: You're fine. No, I, and I mean, I want to go back to what I was saying about my old youth pastor. And there was a there. Was, I want to say there was a lot of things that I liked about my youth pastor. She was an, he was, and I mean, he was at the core of who he was. He was a nice guy. I, I liked him because he liked sports. I liked sports. I mean, that's where that kind of landed. But and it was funny because like a a, a good friend of mine who went to the youth group. And one of the only people that kind of kind of still stayed my friend after I got kicked out.
6: This was about a year ago. You're going to have a lot of editing to do with this back. I know.
3: I am, I'm sorry. I'll just mute that Anyway, um, this youth pastor, like one of my friends texted me and was like, oh my gosh, did you hear what happened to dot, dot, dot? And I was like, no, what happened? like, who's
0: dot, dot, dot?
3: I'm not going to say his name. And I was like, no, like, what happened? And he was like, well, no one knows, but they came back on furlough. And everyone knows that missionaries, and no matter what denomination you come back from, mm-hmm. come back from, that you're a part of, that you come back from the mission field, mm-hmm. that you're on furlough, so you're back in the States or whatever, you're raising fund. Mm-hmm. The, this couple came back, and mind you, they were married probably at that time for at least about 20 years. They've had three kids... At least one of them is married, and I think the two other ones are still in, like, high school. They came back, and they got a quick divorce. And the wife, now the ex-wife, her parents are pretty well known and run a church here in the Twin Cities in the in the Pentecostal movement. And now he, is a former youth pastor that I had... Um, and missionary works for a pizza company delivering pizzas and all that all that's coming out that people are saying is he screwed up he he messed up whatever so more in evangelical talk is he had a relationship with an individual that was not his wife that was either sexual or bordering on sexual, and I remember going all the way back until when I was in youth group, and they were like, "If you think about a, a woman who you want to have sex with, that's raw. That's a sin." Or, you, and, and and I kid you not, and any woman in this room is going to be revolted by this. I kid you not. In like for three weeks. And they always had it during February so it always you know had to be around Valentine's Day. They invited parents, you know, people from the community to come in. And this was in our sanctuary. It wasn't in the youth room because most most youth group stuff was in the youth room. They had their own like youth area. So when they brought it into the sanctuary, it was like this is the sanctuary. This is for everyone. So I remember in the back in the back of the church my mom and dad were there. They actually, my youth pastor and his wife, brought up a girl in the youth group. Brought up a girl in the youth group. Made her stand front and center on the stage. And they had, you know, one of those massive daisies? Those huge ones that you have? And they literally had every guy. flowered Every guy. And I was one of them. Every guy go on there and pick a petal off of her flower until it was just the nub. And they said for as a woman they did not they did not make any men do this and they and they made this woman who stood up there and I still remember her name to this day they made her stand up there until there was just the nub up there and they were like see women if you allow yourself to be sexualized to be made out with to have your you know to have sex to do all this stuff with men this is all that you have to give to your husband this is all you I have know, to give but- yeah, this is all you have, like you have nothing left. And so you fast forward all these years later, those that same youth pastor and wife are now divorced because their marriage broke down and the husband just went off base. And so I have a lot of family and friends who are still evangelicals, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna shit on their whatever brings them comfort, whatever brings them whatever, because I would be a terrible person if I did that. I think my issue is almost everyone that I've known who grew up evangelical with me has literally run for the hills from that tradition because of stories like I've said or stories like all of us here have said.
4: Or the youth pastor was sleeping with the youth group. Or the youth pastor was sleeping with someone that was not their spouse or... From a friend's church, that I think it, all the women I th- were traumatized. But I think because it comes. The was sleeping with them.
3: I think it comes back to if we can all agree if we were whether we were evangelical or not. I think I, I'm a person who, like, I'm educated. I have a master's. I have a doctorate. I think I would I would fit well into a church context. That you know, if they were like, you need to have a master's degree for this. In most evangelical churches, you don't even have to have like a college degree to be a youth pastor. Yeah, I know. You're supposed to lead people who are sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth. You know what? Through high school, some of these some of these students that you're ministering to are like two or three years younger than you, and you have no idea, like even about your own self. Yeah. Like that just doesn't makes that just doesn't make sense.
0: Are you wanting to cut it off? No, no, no. Josh, teach me sign language. <laughs> I don't know. I'm a little hot and bothered with... Yeah, it life. is hot and bothering. It is bothering. It's upsetting, you know? And, and, and I feel so many people that I know
3: don't like God or hate Jesus because of the way they were shown Jesus. And then I, like, all these years later, I'm like, no, like, you don't hate Jesus. You were You hate the version of Jesus that you were shown. Because that version of Jesus was so toxic.
0: Yeah.
3: Because, like, like my friend Scotty was telling me, like, some, like, he had, in his town that he lives in, there was this woman who came up to him who, like, was part of the Black Lives Matter movement in this town of, in Switzerland, that had over a thousand people after the whole George Floyd protest, or killing, and she came originally from Germany. She was a model. She was all over the internet. And she found my friend Scotty and was like, I want you to be my mentor. And she was like, I'm sick and tired of living for myself. I'm sick and tired of focusing on myself. And I want to follow God. And, like, my, you know, Scotty was like, cool, that's great. That's awesome. Let's, you know, let's have a conversation. And I'm just left with, like, there's so many people that I feel like that have... I'm not going to that love, but have an affinity, have, have an appreciation for God. But then they look at church, and they're like, this is so opposite. Church is so opposite from who Jesus is.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, there are just... I talked about this a couple Sundays ago. Yes, I remember that. And uh, there are just so many, you know, queer people who love church... And, and love their church and their church culture. The community. And, yeah, the community. And, you know, like the music and, like, I mean, lots of things. Um, it's funny. We did a Loose in the Bible Belt episode recently, and Kristen Becker, who I work with on that show, made the joke that church is gay as hell because <laughs> it has, like, the pretty colors and the music and the c- community it's yeah, it's 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 nice. the art nice
2: the fabulous. But um colors are beautiful. Yeah.
0: But like there's so there's like so many queer people who, you know, raised Christian, raised in the church and then like they're just told like, "Oh, you're you are disgusting. You know, you are wrong." Like what y- this needs to be fixed. Yeah. Like let's I can't have any I can't address you until we address this. Like I can't have a relationship with you, you know. Don't you can't move forward with-
4: Love the sinner, but hate the sin. See?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, how, do you, how do you be told your whole life that you're loved and accepted? I hate that fucking phrase. Love the
2: sinner, hate the mm-hmm. sin?
4: Well, I fucking hate that
2: phrase. Well, then
4: you who cast the first stone. Yeah. Exactly. Everyone
2: That's forgets exactly about what that Jesus one mm-hmm. when they start reading the Old Testament.
0: Yeah.
3: But I will say... Fucking Leviticus. I will say there are so many denominations that are trying their damnedest to be like, hey, that part of Christianity is wrong. Like if you grew up what at Baptist, Pentecostal, even you know whatever evangelical, if you're queer, you're told that you're less than. You're not. There's something wrong with you. In most mainline denominations, Lutheran, UCC,
2: well, Presbyterians. First, if you're a woman, you're already down. If
3: you're a queer woman, you're way down. Well, yeah, exactly. Well, even if weird. you're if you're trans, that's you're weird. way down. Yeah. Unfortunately. But there are denominations that are trying to stand up and be as inclusive as they possibly can be. I will, as someone who is part of a mainline denomination, is it perfect? Absolutely not. Uh, There's a lot of pieces of my denomination that I won't say. If people listen to this, they'll know what one it is that I have fundamental issues with. But our denomination is very, very queer friendly. Oh, yeah. And they will... And we... Our denomination that I'm... That Amanda and I are part of was the first denomination that ordained a queer person. In 1972, most denominations within the last 20 years... That's starting, impressive. Was it 72? Start, 72. We ordained the first African American in, like,
4: 1892.
3: 40 years That's a long time. A long and, time. and so... Deno- a, ahead our, of the times. Our denomination is trying to do the best, and I know Luther, the ELCA, Presbyterian Episcopals are trying to Episcopals do their best. Episcopals are pretty good. They're
0: trying to do their best with it because we've... I well, because they see that, like, there's no fucking winning. There's no converting... There's no conversion therapy that fucking sticks. You well, know what I mean? It, it's, not not just, no, like, it's not
3: just that, but you, I, I know through family and friends who are queer, whether they're gay, bi lesbian, trans, I don't look at those people as you're a gay person, you're a trans person. I know that's who they are, but I look at them as a friend, as a family, and yeah. whatever. And I look at them and I'm like, God did not make you this... Uh, like, I look at them as like, you're my friend. I, I, I look at you and and I think of them as a perfect, wonderful human being just like anyone else. And I, my issue as a Christian is how can I look at another person and think of them... As a less than yeah, when I look at Jesus, and I was just listening to the, and I will say this as an early um, recommendation. Uh, recommendation: "Dirty Rotten Church Kids" podcast. As no matter how you're created, who you are, you're 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 in this community. You're part of this family, and and it's certain people who who run away with that narrative of like oh you're queer you're gay you're bi whatever you're less than and it's like no jesus will show you i mean jesus was friends with prostitutes he was friends with tax collectors and if you look in scripture tax collectors and prostitutes were the lowliest those were like the two worst possible jobs you could ever have and Jesus was like, Hey, guess what? Other than the prophet. Guess what? Like, you're my friend. You're gonna you know, like Zacchaeus is my favorite story, because I'm a short fat guy. Zacchaeus is a short fat guy. And Zacchaeus Z- is up in a Zacchaeus Z- is up in a tree. Zacchaeus was a wee little man, a wee little man was he.
0: He climbed up in a sycamore tree. The Lord he wanted to see. What the hell? The is Lord this? came by. <laughs> Said Zach, "You come down from there, cause I'm going to your house today.
4: You never I'm going gone. to your house today. Yeah. Oh my gosh, thank you so for singing it, cause it totally came right back.
0: Yeah. <laughs> for those, those, for those, it's the the tune is like haunting. <laughs> So for the most of us who have heard that
3: song... Josh, come back. We're done. Josh and Angela were revolted by <laughs> that because it's a very Josh. creepy song. I've never heard of Josh that. is exercising demons in the kitchen.
4: Hey, for once I actually knew what I was um, doing. No. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> now I hit the note. Zah. <laughs>
3: Keys. A... Put, put him down, Josh. Put him down. Uh, I, Josh. That. No. Okay. But what I was Dad. To, What I was trying to say about Josh, Josh. What I was trying to say about Zacchaeus and the prostitute is, if Jesus, who were quote unquote as Christians, supposed to, you know, look at our life after, and was supposed to like edify, whatever. If he was friends with these tax collectors, if he was friends with prostitutes, the lowliest of the low of the society.
6: Oh,
3: I mean, that kind of gives us a, a oh. like an, <laughs> under, an understanding that Jesus accepted everyone. Yes. All right.
2: Yeah, it's time now, people. Oh my gosh, this, is is,
3: you, this podcast is turning into a horror podcast very soon.
5: Off the rails. Should we do recommendations? Oh God. Hello. I think
3: let's be honest. I think part of us we just missed hanging out with this dynamic for a while.
5: Yeah, okay. true.
2: Yeah, it's good because quor-
3: quarantine. I don't care what anybody says. The virus is a bitch. I'm just gonna say that freely. It is. But I think a lot of us have just missed like hanging out with one another. Being oh, like, shit. how Josh? How are you, Angela? How are you? Like, what are you? Re- what are you reading? What movies are you watching? More of don't like, answer that. And before it's just like, <laughs> do you have the COVID? Do, do you have a fever? Like, do you have the shits? Because if you do, I'm <laughs> I not mean, coming over, because I'm scared. That's you, Brian. I have the shits, but for different reasons. <laughs> yeah. sorry. I have the shits because I drink too much, man. I have Thank a lot you. of spicy food, sorry. <laughs> Full circle now.
0: <laughs> I have curry. It is just really wrecked me. See, this is, this podcast is scripted. That's what people don't know. That's why I said at the beginning of the podcast, I'm Brian, and I shit my pants. <laughs> 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 Setting up for the wrap-up. I hate you. I hate you. <laughs> I planted <laughs> the seed. I planted the seed. <laughs> I, I, love I love you
3: I love you but I hate you. Yeah.
0: No, I, it, it was good. It was Do you know that song by Tyler the Creator? I fucking hate you but I love you. No? No, I like no, that. I, was, the I Creator was thinking
2: the song the what's the band the song's called She Fucking Hates Me. She fucking hates me. Is, is that Buck Cherry? No, Mud or something. I don't know. Puddle, Puddle of Mud. Puddle, Puddle of Mud. Puddle Puddle of mud. Yeah. There you go. That was a good, that was a good college <laughs> jam. Dang. Hey, hey, you know,
3: actually, I will say this. This is not my recommendation, but Marilyn... Well, Zacchaeus, why <laughs> are
1: we, little man and the way?
3: <laughs> Jasper's running away. Anytime you say Zacchaeus, he's just going to run away. <laughs> Marilyn Manson has a new CD coming out our new album coming out called we are chaos it's very melodic because i like manson because i think he's a great entertainer i think he's a great lyricist but this song literally i he wrote it you can tell he wrote it through like the pandemic and all this stuff but it's called we are chaos but it's super melodic it's like kind of a little bit at the beginning techno and and like one of his one of the parts of the chorus is like we're fucked up and medicated. Oh yeah. But but his the whole point of the song is we're all human beings. We're all in this together. All of us are fucked up. Sometimes we do good things, good things, but the majority of the time we suck. And at the end of the world, we're just gonna die and we're gonna end. Yeah, that's about it. And but and so people are like, well, that's really kind of like a bleak view to have and then other people are like well as a musician as an entertainer and I really liked it and I mean I like some of his like older stuff and like faster and angstier stuff but people need to realize Marilyn Manson's in his 50s I mean that is so bizarre to even say it. the mm-hmm. guy's in his 50s what I think are you he's younger under than me the... it, no he's no, 51 he's he was born in the 60s He's and born I mean, in the sixties. Oh, yeah. And, like, my mom is twenty five. And and so like and I'm like, the guy's fifty, he's not gonna have the same kind of mindset as a twenty one year old. But it's a really, really good song. L- listen to it anyway. Let's start recommendation. In
0: the I just like
3: Amanda. It's a classic
1: song. I have a recommendation.
0: Go, Amanda.
1: Uh, and Amanda, so you're
0: up. Recommend. Go. Am up. Amanda, go.
1: go. I'm going. I'm going. So I think last time I recommended audiobooks. There's an audiobook I probably have the equivalent of like a, a chapter or two oh, left, but um, a book that I would highly recommend for any woman to read or anyone who knows a woman is the book is <laughs> you know the book Untamed by Glennon Doyle. I book. She's phenomenal. She's um, phenomenal. Part, so it's it's more of like a yeah, it's it's a memoir. So it tells, you know, about her life and how she um how, you know, she was married to her husband, had a couple kids and she never felt like felt like she found like her true self and then goes to, you know, a conference and meets this woman, you know, never been in a relationship with the woman before and just falls in love for the first time at like forty years old with this woman, she ends up marrying her. Wow. But it talks a lot about how, um how especially, you know, for women, you know, grown women and, you know, girls, like how society sees you and the pressure that's, you know, that's put on them and there's a lot of really good insightful things. There's obviously a lot of heartbreaking things. Oh. Um, you know, seeing the things that That, you know Females have to go through at like such an early age And everything, but I would recommend it It's a phenomenal book um, Like I said, I'm almost done listening to the audio book The author herself does the audiobook And oh. I was Ten minutes into listening to the book And thought to myself I'm going to go out and buy this book Because I know I'm going to reread it multiple times again In the future What was it untamed by glennon doyle and
3: and, and i will say when amanda told me that i read the the this author's previous book called love warrior and um she's phenomenal i will say this she was married to a man had a family then married i forget what person in the national soccer league yeah national soccer league she realized she's a I realized lesbian.
1: Abby something.
3: Abby Wambach. Yeah, that's who it is, and she's married to Abby Wambach. But she's a phenomenal speaker, orator, mm-hmm. whatever you want to say it. So I agree with Amanda. It's a phenomenal. Phenomenal read. It's on my list. Who's next? Go 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 go. Uh, I don't have
6: any.
3: You have any? You don't have any recommendations? No, you don't I don't want, want to say. any books or rec- any cocktails
1: recipes? Yeah, come on. Your food no. was phenomenal. You're
3: welcome. Good gin and soda. I would soda buy,
2: water. Um, highly encourage you to go find a good Korean restaurant and enjoy yourself. There you go. Or to find a great Hmong restaurant and enjoy mm. your food. Yes. United Korean Kitchen. Check it out.
0: I recommend this really cool, edgy new comic I'm into, Jeff Foxworthy. <laughs> 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 you might be a redneck. Shut your mouth. Uh, you might be a redneck. Uh, you might be a redneck. If you've got four refrigerators in your front yard, eat, none of them work. Uh, uh, well, I hate to tell you, but uh, you
3: might be a redneck. Hey, can I tell you oh. something about the redneck thing? Seriously, this the is... The blue collar comedy this tour? This is not a blue collar comedy tour. Oh, no. My mom. My mom called me, like, about three weeks ago, and her older sister and husband live in a small town... In southern Kansas, so that makes them kind of redneckish, right?
6: Yeah.
3: And the city, this city only has about 15,000 people. Not not small, not large. They're about a half hour south of Wichita. Just shows you kind of geographically. Yeah, yeah. They're about a half hour Wichita. They're about a half hour south of Oklahoma. Okay. Or north of
4: Oklahoma. Ooh, sweet, so on the no. And my oh, mom amazing. calls me, Wait, and
3: my my so mom so calls sweet. me, and it's my aunt, uncle. The city, the city, dot, 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 went up to my uncle and told him he has a month to clean up their property because he's a hoarder and he collects too much shit. And if they don't collect all the stuff and they clean up their property, then the city of dot, dot, dot is going to come in and take their land and take their property away from them.
0: Uh, you might be a redneck.
3: You might be a redneck if... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> your local government comes in and You're
4: takes your ready.
1: shit. Oh, you better read it. Oh. You know, I was
4: watching a documentary.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> wait, wait! I didn't give my real recommendation. Hey, oh wait, I'm sorry, Kaylee. How I didn't mean you know.
4: it. My, my I, I, it was just about was it a metaphorical thing. Oh. It wasn't my, a real recommendation. My recommendation
0: is the show *Norsemen* on Netflix. It's uh, very funny. Uh, you, sorry.
4: Oh, no, it's okay. Um, I was watching the secret doc- doc- I was watching a documentary, and they talked about how the where the the term redneck came from. It was from people who were protesting the coal miners, like when they when oh, they, cause they've been out in the sun? No, they were wearing red handkerchiefs. Oh, to, really? Like, to, to 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 designate themselves as part of the people uh-huh. who wanted to become a union. I didn't know that. That's where the term redneck came from. Really? I heard it was,
3: from Scotty according according
4: Scotty. to the the documentary. Hmm. Now, who knows if that's okay? Free, that's cool. Scotty but, told
3: me what, and I don't. he could be wrong whatever he said but I take his word as a black man Um, that redneck came from down south where um, where the the white people who were the slave owners would wear handkerchiefs and stuff around their necks when they would take them off that it would become so red because of the sunburn that the black people would call them rednecks because their necks were all red because of the sunburn and that was a way of in essence, slamming them because they were not technically white.
2: So I know I, I do have a recommendation. Um, I rewatched this recently again and really enjoyed it. Um, if you've not watched the documentary, I am not your Negro.
6: Mm-hmm.
2: So fantastic. James Baldwin, so fantastic. Um, yeah, nice. Yeah. I'm trying to. Think it's a few know. years old, but it's it's phenomenal. So yeah.
3: good. Anything by James Baldwin. I'm just going to say this to anyone listening. Anything by James Baldwin, it's fucking phenomenal. He's
2: just such an articulate human.
3: Anything by James Baldwin, you read it. I'm reading right now, notes are, uh, notes from a native son.
6: Mm-hmm.
3: I can't even put words into, into, I can't even put words and thoughts into actions. It's so phenomenal.
4: I'm trying to think of things to recommend. And I've been watching all these random documentaries. That's good. That's but, uh, Anything but, you want to recommend? Yeah. Well, I was watching the doc- documentary about Jeffrey Epstein and how how awful it is that he got away with all that crap for so long. And...
3: Oh, you know who he was friends how
4: with? I know who he was friends with. I know exactly the man who is president right now um, and other people who... Have been presidents in the past, so I don't know. I was watching it and I was just like, "Why in the world? How did this happen?" Yeah, it's a sitting. So, because I don't know, if he were anybody else, if he was not a rich white man, he would not have gotten away with the crap that he got away with. No. Just saying. So
3: all that I'm going to say um, for the sake of time that I'm going to recommend. I will recommend this, but I will have to say kudos to Angela for recommending them to me. Is the Dirty Rotten Church Kids podcast? Um, Is these two individuals? I think they're based out of Florida, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Two good friends, um, and I don't. I, they're kind of ambiguous if they're Christians or not. so I want to say that they're kind of still Christian, but they just don't go to church. But their podcast it it gives me the feels in good ways. And also in sad ways, if that makes sense. Because, like, there'll be times where I'll listen to it and be like, oh, yeah, I totally remember that, or I understand that. And then there's other times where I'm like, why did you experience that? You know, like, why did you go through that? So, Dirty Rotten Church Kids, totally listen to them, um, subscribe to their podcast, you know, check them out on Instagram, whatever. I will say, and I agree with Angela, I'm going to try to reach out to them. So, if you guys are listening, please be on because I think you guys are fucking phenomenal.
0: We all know they're listening. Mm -hmm.
3: Um, Probably not. Probably not, but still. Um, So, Dirty Rotten Church Podcast. um, I will say anything, this isn't my recommendation, but I will say anything by James Baldwin is phenomenal. Um, I read a biography by him. I just finished The Fire Next Time. (laughs) which was about being black in America and the Notes of a Native Son is is a scathing review on being black in America in the, in the 50s and 60s. So, so good, so good. And it's so sad that 20, 30 years later after his death he's actually getting more popularized. But he's just a voice, especially in the Black Lives Matter movement, especially in... Everything that we're trying to do with social justice is phenomenal. However, I want to say another thing I want to recommend is the show Umbrella Academy. Um, season two just came out at the end of July. I will, season one, obviously watch season one first and then season two. And then it's, season two and a half. It's written by, if you know the band My Chemical Romance, Gerard Way. Gerard Way wrote the comic. And his friend did all the illustration. So it's based off of this graphic novel. Obviously it has some Hollywood eyes parts of it. But if you like sci-fi, superhero, whatever, watch Umbrella Academy. You're really going to like it. And I will say Ellen Page as an actress who got really popular in Juno is fucking amazing in the show. She brings it home. Um, a lot of other good actors and actresses in there, but please, please, please watch Umbrella Academy. Support them, that's a really good show.
5: Um, my recommendation is for a British artist that I discovered on Instagram, thanks to our lovely friend Jay Baker. Um, he's called He Creative. And he does a ton of art based on punk and hardcore subcultures. (laughs) And I just recently found out he's doing a collaboration with the lead singer of an amazing hardcore band called Bad Brains. Um, They were, like, the first African-American, like, hardcore band to really take over the New York scene. And he, Creative, and H.R., the lead singer of Bad Brains, um, are doing a children's book called PMR. What? Um, which uh, HR kind of coined PMR as positive mental. or PMA, sorry. PMA. What am I even talking about? PMA. Um, positive which, mental attitude? Yes, which HR kind of coined as positive mental attitude. Ah. And he and he creative <laughs> From uh, our lovely friends over in the United Kingdom are doing a collaboration together on a children's book about positive mental attitude. And I think it's really amazing, especially in the times we live in now, that someone who is such a pioneer in the punk and hardcore community as an African American um, is now making a children's book about a positive mental attitude. That's cool. And I was really so cool. fucking excited to see that. I've, like, always been a fan of HR since high school. I think he's fucking amazing. HR, puffin' stuff. Bad Brains is fucking amazing. If you haven't listened to them, please, please do. Even if you aren't into really punk and hardcore, I think they're really an an important voice that you need to hear about. Like, being, you know, on the fringes of society and being African-American in, like, the 70s and 80s in Washington, D.C. I think they have a really amazing perspective. So, Mm -hmm. um, I would listen to Bad Brains, first of all. And then second of all, look up He Creative on Instagram and pre-order the book Positive Mental Attitude by H.R. from Bad Brains. I'm very, very excited about it. So. Yeah, that's
3: my recommendation. I like that. I like it. I think that's it. Bye,
4: everybody. Are we done? Are we good? Are we done? I think so. I think so. All right. Bye.
3: Until next time. Hey, by the way, support us either on Patreon or reach out to us. We do this for you guys, and we do this to help everyone out there. So if you want to support us, find us on Instagram at SacredMN, or just reach out to us at... Rogue Theologian. Or Venmo me some money. Or Venmo Caleb money. We're serious. We can't do this without you guys. So much love. Until next time.
4: Bye.
6: Two partners who passed away. That people love to text a dead person's cell phone. This is a thing. Have any of any of the three of y'all ever texted wow. a dead person's cell phone?
5: No, no, because no. you,
6: you understand they're not looking at it, right? I don't know. It's
5: right. I've listened to their
4: voicemail before, but never texted them.
6: Right, because voicemail you're listening to the outgoing message, so you can hear their voice, right?
1: Right. Right. Yeah.
6: Yeah. But like both my partners who passed away, I mean, hundreds of text messages and they weren't meant for me. So I just turned the phone off because I'm like, I'm not supposed to look at this, you know. I mean, I definitely shouldn't reply. That would be terrible. So I started getting, I got like three of those messages, three or four. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I was like, all right, so people think I'm dead, so I have to go on social media. So I think what happened is because I wasn't on social media and there was like a little bit of a rumor mill, like people just, I guess, assume that I died. I guess they assumed. I don't know. Nobody will admit that they thought that. Like when I posted, Hey, I'm not dead. <laughs> nobody was like, Oh yeah, I heard everyone's like, Oh, I didn't hear that rumor. Nobody's ever gonna tell me they thought I was dead. But also, anyone could have checked it with anyone. My girlfriend, my two roommates in the queer community, like literally anyone you could have checked it with. That's like that social necrophilia. People love a dead person, you know. <laughs> it
5: does keep them occupied for a few hours online <laughs> <laughs>